Welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all the parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who've been there. Let's get started. On this episode, I'm talking with John and Casey. John and Casey have two children, Elliot and Graham, and they're both in elementary school. We're talking about their journey of fostering children. I got to know their family when their son Graham and my son Warren got to be friends in preschool. And I remember when they received their first placement and the day that she was placed back with her family. And just for me personally, it's been so inspiring and encouraging to watch their family journey through this. I mean, I get, I get teary in most of our conversation because throughout it, I can picture real life how beautifully they gave children a place to be loved and a place to belong for a season. And I think about the way my son has been impacted by watching his friend love and care for someone in need. I mean, he and I have had these sweetest conversations after spending time with their family. And so I am so thankful that you get to hear from their perspective. Okay, so talk to me about y'all's journey to get to fostering. So when we uh, we had some friends that were going to adopt a newborn, and we wanted to support them in that process. And so one of the ways we did that was uh, we found a class at our church um, going over foster care and adoption, and we decided we would go take that class. Yeah, It was a like six weeks long class, and we learned all about the process and the heart behind it and um, why we should do it and what the Bible says about it. Yeah. Really just fell more and more in love with caring for the orphan yeah. uh, in all kinds of ways. There's, they leave with multiple options of how you can serve the orphan, you yeah. can adopt, you can do foster care, you can support those who adopt and do foster care. And so I, I looked at Casey and I said, okay, well, what do you want to do? And she said, well, I don't really want to say. Oh. And she said, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I don't really want to say. And like, so <laughs> on three, what are we going to do? Wait, and, t- hold on. Why did y'all, y'all were just like, you, were you nervous that the other wasn't going to be aligned with what you felt? Or yeah, I think it was just so far from it's, what we yeah. thought would happen. We, like y'all went into the class thinking we'll just like go learn, gather and we'll gather information, yeah. and maybe one day we'll adopt a child. Because yes. you had talked about because I had always that had always been on my heart since I was little. Really? Okay. And yeah, international adoption and. I, I don't know. I always had the thought of like, like from when I was little, if there's kids that need a place, why would you have your own? Just go help one of them. Right. You know, and obviously there's reasons you would want to have your own unless we have two of our own. Yeah. Biological kids. And, but anyway, so we, we knew we wanted something in that realm, but we weren't sure what it was. And so the thought of saying foster care kind of cemented that that might be the yes. direction we're moving. And yeah. it feels very overwhelming. Yeah. And so... We did. We counted to three, and I said, we both said foster care. We're like, okay, <laughs> here <laughs> I we guess, go. <laughs> I guess this is what God wants. Yeah. That, isn't that crazy how that happens? Yeah. Like God stirs. I mean, yeah, I think that was just the last place I thought he'd lead us. And, but then after that, we got pregnant with Graham. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This was a long time ago. Yeah, okay. So I think the good thing was is that we knew it was – something we wanted to move towards, but it wasn't, it didn't feel urgent. Like I've got to go today and sign up. Yeah. And so 
you know, you can't actually have a child in your home. Uh, you can't bring a child in your home within like six months of a baby being born. Because oh, okay. There's too much family change. And yeah. for some agencies, maybe different. That was our agency's rule. Yeah. And so um, we're like, okay, well, we found out that she was pregnant in the middle of that class. And so we was like, okay, well, no pressure then. We've got time. Yeah. So after Graham was born and got through the infant stage, then he became, you know, a toddler and then he became a two-year-old. And so we just kept waiting because he was a handful. Um, I remember him throwing like a tantrum on the floor and it had been in the back of my mind. And I was like, I can't. can't Not not the season. I got it. Yes. Because we were also at that time living, um, well, we still are. We have friends uh, in our, across the street from us that, we're doing foster care, had adopted out of foster care, you know, doing the whole thing. And so we're observing their life and getting to know them better and um, kind of just really seeing the ins and outs, like, mm-hmm. daily of what of what it looked like. And yeah. not easy yeah. by any means. And yeah. so I think I was, just like, obviously just, like, scared. And I think for me, the fear of, like, admitting that it was time was just, like, paralyzing to yeah. me and I don't really like making decisions anyways um yeah. <laughs> John is this obviously but um it just kept coming up and it felt like I just was like couldn't run from it anymore yeah <laughs> and so I was like okay and I, I remember sitting down and one morning and just kind of journaling about it and praying about it and I felt like he, God was just like I just want you to go to the orientation. Mm. He's like, just go to the orientation. I'm not saying, you know, and I think that's what's kind of neat about the this process is it's not immediate. Yeah. You, do you have so many steps to take? And I think that's part of just God's grace in that because um, it is huge to open up your home to uh, this child and their family and the caseworkers yes. and the, like, it's just yeah. like, it's such a big thing it's not to be taken lightly but i'll just say this if god's putting it on your heart you he's gonna like make it happen like you can't run from it and i tried and i was like um but i just remember that like that was kind of the start of him saying one day at a time yeah just take the next step like then that that's so our journey with jesus like take the next step of obedience that's all i'm asking one day at a time yes that's great yeah so Went That's to that orientation class, and we said going in, we're like, well, we'll just do – we can do respite care. Let's start – yeah. Let's, let's start at respite yeah. care, which is – Dip our toe. You in. do a bunch of the training, <laughs> and then you just can care for kids up to two weeks while their foster families are um, – have a vacation or have a bereavement issue. Oh, or, you know, okay. If there's, yes. If there's a funeral and they need to go out of town – then they need to play, like kids can't travel easily between states. You right. have to have judge approval and all that stuff. Right. And so um, foster care allows for those breaks when necessary yeah. and, and things like that. And so um, we thought, well, we're going to go to just orientation and then we'll just do that for a little bit, kind of dip our toe in the water. Yeah. I don't know why we thought we could go sit through an orientation <laughs> meeting and not be gung ho. <laughs> Uh, you know, they they show you the videos (laughs) and it's, it's a full thing. And we walked out of there and we're like, well, okay, we're we're doing this. And we were excited about it at that. Like, that's when like, I think the excitement really started. And how old was Graham at this point? So he, that was 2016. So he would have been two and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it took us, I think we did that orientation like in June of 2016 and then, weren't approved until the end of January of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and we took our time. I mean, obviously, there's some trainings that 
our all day. And so we had to get, you know, the kids situated. And yeah. I just remember that too. I was like, I'm going to take this slowly. Like I, you know, cause I think a lot of times I feel a lot of pressure and I was like, and that was stressing me out. And I was like, you know, we're just going to take this slowly. I'm not going to try to rush through it. I'm not going to try to, you know, do everything. And cause John's very like, he's the gas pedal. Yes. <laughs> he's got and the you're more the brake. Yeah. So quickly. And I'm like, you know, raising two kids too. And just trying to like do it all. But I think again, it was just like God just saying, okay, like you don't have to, there's not a timeline necessarily yeah. here, you know, or he had one obviously, but yes. anyway, just, so it took us a while. Yeah. I mean, I would say it, it would take at least four to five months anyway. Yeah. I mean, if you're a go-getter, you could get it done in two to three, but you, that, I mean, like that's becomes a full-time job almost tracking all, because it's not just you filling out paperwork, it's your family, your friends, yes. your, all the stuff. And don't, so. isn't there like homes, people come to your yeah, home? Yeah, home, you got to schedule home studies and you have to schedule like the health City, department yeah. comes out. Yeah. And what like, kind of changes did y'all have to make in your home? Or were we had to put stickers on our windows that were low to the ground? Uh, I remember that they make us keep stickers year round so that kids don't run through the glass because they didn't have bars on them. Like we had glass like doors like into the backyard, oh, full panel glass. Like we had like a sliding glass door or something. Whoa. I mean, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, like uh, that's probably to, good anyway. It was probably good. <laughs> this thing where you're like, oh, I probably should have thought. It was about it was that. a lot of those things where it was like, mm, I, I mean, probably nothing yeah. huge. We had to put a like a fire extinguisher uh, in the kitchen, but there's actually a, it, this is one of the cool stories is like, there's a um, fire company, not a fire, like what a like fire prevention company yes. here in Richardson yeah. that um, provides free fire extinguishers for foster families. No way. And they relicense, they license inspect them. But when you get your, they'll, they'll give it to you for free at the beginning yeah. and then they'll check it every year yeah. as required. And, um, so I went over there and just said, Hey, you know, we're a new foster family. And I heard I could get one here. And he was like, here you go. Thank you. We're praying for you guys. That's it was, so sweet. It was yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, nothing, nothing major. I mean, yeah. you can't have like, there's certain things you, you can't have like Nerf guns. Right. You can't I remember, have yeah. like, and if you have weapons in your home, you have to do all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we didn't get Graham Nerf guns until, you know, until this year. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, do you want to tell the story about the saw in the backyard? <laughs> On oh, our no. home and our home. Uh, so we had a, <laughs> I was building a play set in our backyard around the time that the, we had our home study, which yeah. is, it's not an inspection. It's a, it, it's a, it's the caseworker comes to your house and asks all kinds of questions. Every question you can imagine. Talk to your it. kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It feels invasive, but they, the it's thing is go. they want yeah. you to do this. They're not yes. looking for things that are bad. They're yes. just making sure everything's been explored and yes. talked through. And so, yeah. um, so I was building this place in the backyard and it wasn't finished. And I had a big saw out no. in the backyard. And since I was in the middle of the project, it didn't feel the need to put it away. I just yeah. wanted to leave it there. Well, Casey and I had this huge argument about whether or not <laughs> no. it should be put away. And I, you know, angrily put it away. And when the, uh, one of the questions during our home study was, what was the last big argument that you had? And we oh, were no. laughing. We were like, well, about 45 minutes ago, we argued over this table saw in the back. And then I tried, I was like, well, what what would you have said if you saw it? And she oh, no. was like, any other inspector would have, a home study person would have been upset about it. She's like, I don't really care. I get it. So but I guess you both win. And so, <laughs> oh, that's a very good answer. It was, good. A, it was a very good, yeah, yeah. It was a good answer. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but not a lot at all. I mean. No. Yeah. What was the conversation like prepping your kids? Like, 
Like, were they a part of this decision? And, you know, Graham being two and a half. Right. Elliot was um, four. Yeah. Or maybe she would have been five at that time, I guess. I think given their ages, they weren't really part of the conversation. Right. But we certainly, like... Of the decision. Of the decision. But we certainly had a lot of conversations with them. Yeah, I think they were very excited. I mean, of course, Elliot being five was like... She wanted um, a little girl that was five years old, and maybe even her name was Elliot. I mean, oh, like she, same birthday. Yeah, she same, wanted a twin. She wanted, oh, yeah. oh. That was, and I was like, oh, well, that's very unlikely. But um, and of course, Graham, yeah, doesn't really know. But he, uh, but yeah, she was. They were just really excited. We try. I think we just talked to them about how kind of like what John was saying when he was younger. It's like, oh, they need a home. Of course, they would come here. You know, yeah. like, and I think it was just that welcoming. Thing. And and watching their journey through this whole process is, was probably, I mean, just, yeah, one of the coolest things. What was it like when they, like, when you got your first placement, what was it like for them? And then I want to talk about how they were impacted, how they've been impacted mm-hmm. by this. Yeah. Well, I think, the, I mean, one of the things was that she was an infant and she was five days old. She was born five weeks early, yeah. weighed like four and a half pounds. Yeah. I was like, I don't think they let them go. Like I, I had never had a preemie. Yes. I was like, I don't think that she should still be in the hospital. Yeah. This, she cannot ride in a car seat. So yeah, that first day and she didn't even get to us until 11 or something at night. So oh they, it, you know, it's like, they're coming at eight. They're coming at 10. They're, it's like, uh, okay. Um, and so the kids were trying to stay up. And then I think we ended up waking we told, up, we Elliot. Told we'll, wake, we'll wake you up when the baby yeah. gets yeah. yeah. But I think that was such a kind of a natural addition to our family because right. she was an infant. Right. And kind of like that's how our, if we had a third child, that's how it would come to play in a little bit. And they had, you know, my quote unquote pregnancy would have been like the gearing up for the foster yeah. baby. So it was yeah. it kind of felt very like natural. Um and they just real fast. Yeah. So they they call when did they call you and oh. say So this is really interesting how I think this was an area we were, where we actually weren't prepped very well by our agency. Uh-huh. Maybe they told us and we just missed it. Yeah. But there's a lot of information. There's a lot of information. <laughs> but like what happens is when a child, when there's a need, CPS puts a blast out to all the agencies. All the agencies then go and say, okay, here are the people on our list that are qualified, and they pick the one, and then they call that family. Yeah. And so we got a call and said, hey, there's this child. Here's a little bit of information. If I'm honest, most of the time, it's not 100% accurate, if not even really? 50% accurate. Very quick. It's. It, I mean, things are happening yeah, very. Things you're, are you're, happening the police are calling CPS. CPS is on their way. There's, They're calling families. Oh it's, my gosh! It's, yeah, it can be very chaotic. Yeah. So, we you get a call, and then they you say yes or no, and one of us gets a call. We're rarely together, so we had to have a rules around what we would accept without calling the other one. Because you, you, like, you don't have time to like. You don't have time. Answer. Yeah. And so you say yes or no, and they say okay, we'll let you know. And then they call you back and say whether or not the child CPS is placed with our agency or with another agency. Okay. And so we, our first placement was our she was our third call, call. I think. So mm-hmm. we had we had we had said yes to two other kids, and then CPS had placed them in other homes. Um, and so she was our third call, and so it's like we we're waiting, and it's like, are they going to call us back? Are they not? And then they call us like, yes, they're coming. She's coming at eight. And so AM or PM PM. Okay. And so I left work. Went to Target, bought some diapers. Oh, like yeah, they come with next nothing. to nothing. So you get enough to get through the day, and then you call 
you call your community and say, yeah, here's what I need. This is the age we got. Cause you can't prep for it No, because your ranges are usually, mm-hmm. I mean, for our agency, the range is like five to eight years. You can't have a range smaller than that. Yeah. Well, and you needed like preemie clothes, right. preemie yeah, so stuff. Tiny, yeah. We had a ton of stuff before she even came. There was just this huge pile. Because you told your community, Mm -hmm. like, we have a – oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think talking about, like, that's the way people, like, show up and how God God supports you through it. Yeah. But, yeah. And and she coming from the hospital is very different than them coming from a home. And I mean, she – they had – I think the hospitals have, like – she had, like, a bag of stuff, even maybe a diaper bag. For a while. Not a yeah, gives. not a ton, but like a hundred blankets. She had so many blankets, and I was like, okay, what are we gonna do with all these blankets? Yeah, but, um, yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, so that's how the process went. Yeah. And then someone, a CPS investigator, brings them in her car. She said, I remember because she was so tiny. She's like, I pulled over like four times checking on her because I was like, she was so worried about her. And and I think she was really new too. She was really sweet. And I was like, well, we are as well. Um, and then someone from your agency meets you there. There's all this paperwork you have to do. At 11 PM. Yeah. It was a late night for sure. Well, and you know, you know how like when you leave the hospital with your kid yeah. and you're like, oh, you're just going to leave me alone with them? Yes. That's kind of what happens. Like CPS and your agency, <laughs> they come, you sign all this paper and then okay. they're like, okay, have a good night. And then they leave. And you're, and like, you're like, uh, uh, okay. oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we supposed to do again? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh so, yeah. Uh, and you're, so your kids were so excited to have this. So baby. excited. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even it was, again, this, that situation was so kind of normal because Graham had, he was jealous because I was having to feed her a lot, oh. you know, and, you know, or it just, you know, he, he did what he would have done if we had had a third baby yeah. ourselves. And so a lot of that kind of felt very natural. He did love her. I mean, yeah, they both just loved her. They loved holding her. They they were yeah. able to help me feed her because yes. it was all bottles. And um, so that, that whole experience was just really interesting. And so some of the different, some of the other ones we had older after that we had two, six and three. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that kind of transition was much different than yeah. hers, but she was, I don't know. I just kind of, she just kind of blended in and, um, and, and really the only thing that was different than a newborn that was very different was having to take her to visits with her mom. Yeah. So I'd have to take her. And the first time we dropped her off, um, at the CPS and they don't really prepare you for that either, by yeah. the way, <laughs> you're just taking this tiny little infant who like, you know, doesn't really know anyone and she, and you bring her and, you know, they have a person there that supervises the visit. And I just remember being so nervous. John and I went together and we saw the mom and, you know, she kind of was talking, I forget she's very young and, um, and we, smiled and I think I'd written her a note like we prepared all this stuff we had yeah. all this bubble like all this stuff and then we went back to the truck and we just bawled our does it feel out. does it feel like you're taking your own child or what what is the feeling like it was she, she was hers I mean there was no question like I, I think we were just heartbroken for her yeah, like for the for mom her, yes her, yeah. I think like because she it's almost mm-hmm. like I wanted her to come home with us I was yeah, just like yeah. you come home with her like we'll figure this out you because, see this sweet mom and oh my like, gosh Aw. and like just what she's going through and that had been her third time to have to do that and Aww. so um 
it was just so heartbreaking to really see. And the CPS office you know, is a depressing place because it's, yeah. it's a place of broken families. Yeah. And so it, just, it was our whole first experience, and it was very overwhelming. And I just um, – I wasn't worried about – the baby, I just, I, I was just so overwhelmed for this mama um, who um, had made a choice to go to the hospital. She knew what was going to happen when Aww. she had that baby there. She um, had done it before, you know, I just, all these things. And she, um, she chose, she chose life for her, her mm. baby and she loved her. I mean, there was no doubt. And so just, oh, it was just heart wrenching. And I think. I think that was God's grace, too, of, of showing us just that from the very beginning yeah. of, um, you know, he, we are here to minister to this baby, but we're here to minister to this mama yeah. as well because she's in such a broken place. And so, um, and she just was, I mean, I just remember, thank you, thank you. I mean, it was all the thank yous, all the things. She's and you're just thank like, you. Oh. oh my gosh. Because I think I always thought they would be mad at us, yeah. you know, like I was like, I'm not trying to take your baby, like all this kind yeah. of stuff, but it was not that at all. I, I, I just, in every, in every opposite. situation we had where we had any interaction with fa- biological family, it is just overwhelming gratitude Really, that we would take care of their kiddos. And I think for me, that's been one of the coolest things is humanizing the other side mm-hmm. of the table, right? Yeah. Like I think it's so easy yeah. to villainize these parents. Yeah. But like nobody wakes up in the morning and thinks like, you know what? I want to abuse or neglect my kid yeah. today. Right. Yeah. Like, like 90 plus percent of them had the same done to them. So if it's a drug problem, yeah. 90 plus percent of those parents that are doing that to these infants had drug abusing parents yeah. themselves. Yeah, and yeah. if they're being if they're abusing their kids, they were abused as kids, right? right? It's, it's just a, it's, it's a so cycle. It's so hard to break the cycle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so they're just as traumatized as these kids are. Yeah. And so I think seeing that and like I when I can, I'm pretty diligent about going to all the court appointments. That's not necessary. You don't you don't need to be there as the foster family unless yeah. called and you rarely are called. Um, but I would always just, it's open court. You can go sit there and watch. And so I always would. And as you're waiting, you see other trials and stuff, um, on the, that are on the docket for the day. And I've watched parental rights be terminated and probably for good cause, but it's heart wrenching. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. 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 So, um, just, it's just a hard process overall. And you can, and when you, when you see that, the other the parents of these kids are just they're just struggling yeah um it's hard and yeah. so every once in a while you get a chance to make we did it with the first we got a chance to interact um with mom significantly and we were really hopeful for a while and then we watched her take a pretty nasty turn mm. and you could see it physically and, and everything else and so it was mm-hmm. it was really it was it was hard to watch yeah yeah Ugh. so how have you how have you seen your kids be impacted by this process? I think one of the first things so so we had our first one for fourteen months. Yeah. And oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. So that one was whew, um was really hard. But um and the day she left and we had been preparing. Oh, I remember I think, that yeah, day. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was hard. But I think the thing with her was we knew from the start that like she would never become a part of our family. It just wasn't, it wasn't the way the thing was going Yeah, from any point. And so, which again, yeah. God's grace for us because 
we like you knew we're knew. not going to adopt her. right yeah, yeah it was not yeah. going to be there an was, option there was family available <clears throat> right yeah and so you know we kept telling the kids that but as much as we told them that I mean that was the life that they knew at that time for 14 months and so the day that she left was like oh it was really really bad <laughs> and I think Elliot she um she was like, which I never want to do this again. And I was just like, and I'm crying that I'm like, oh my gosh, we've to- completely messed them up. Like yeah. we have, this is not what we should have done. And, you know, other people also worrying about our kids and just being like, you know, uh, probably wondering like, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. And so we were like a wreck in the front. For some reason we said goodbye in the tour in the front yard. While yeah. people were while walking they're like, to school. While CPS is like oh. putting her in the car. Oh the kids gosh. are like hugging and crying. <laughs> we're bawling. People are walking to school like what is it going on? It was the on? worst oh. possible time. Yeah, it was the worst possible time. But um and she was going to a really great situation, which you know was was helpful, but still it felt felt really hard. But she spent 14 months. 14 with her. months, yeah. Yeah. And so um well, what's funny is I think a couple months or a month or two or I don't, it wasn't very long. They both were like, um, when are we going to have another kiddo? And uh-huh. I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> Y'all like, said you never want to do this. I know. I was like, because we were going to take a break because it, you know, and so again, hard, I was like, yeah. we're just going to take this at our own pace. And they were asking. And so um, in any way, and then we, I think we got our next one that uh like maybe three four months later and he was six and he was only with us for five weeks but um and he was in between Graham and Elliot which was so weird and but um but it it was sweet and it it was a little harder to kind of adjust to him and stuff but the kids did and Graham and him would kind of fight like brothers and I was like oh my gosh this is so but um at the end of that year it was like New Year's Eve. We had mm-hmm. never done it before, but we were just kind of going around talking about all the things we'd done that year and what was your favorite thing. And they both said having the kids, having both those kids in our home. And I just was like <laughs> shocked and just so thankful that God was so sweet to just give us that affirmation that yeah. like, you know, and I'd asked the kids yesterday, I said, well, I asked them, what was your favorite thing about foster care and what was the hardest? And Graham he was very distracted. So he's like, Oh, they were so cute. And Oh, I hated it when they left. And I was like, that was deep. Yeah. And then Elliot was of course way deeper, but she talked about, um, just being able to, to help them and being available for them. And then she talked about kind of, I'll sum up what she said when, and how I understood it It was like grief. Like they've learned so much about grief. Um, they've learned so much about grief in such an interesting way and that I wouldn't, I wouldn't not do it again. Um, because I think that was the coolest thing is that they were still so excited about it and still loved it so much. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, um, that they had this interesting perspective on it. And Elliot was even saying, she said, you know, it's like they died, but they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, and they're in a, like, they're they're all in a really good places. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's oh a little bit gosh. like. It is. That's a little bit like the gospel it in our is. hope of eternity, you know. And so we didn't quite turn it into that last night, but because I, I was thinking about it this morning. And I was like, it's so interesting that she said that. Because last night, I, I didn't really get it. And it clicked this morning. And I was like, yeah, like she's talking about grief. And. 
um, you know, of just how we have gotten to do that together and really gotten to process it well. And, um, and that it, you, you miss that person, you want to be with them, but it's, you know, they're in a, they're in a spot that's better for them. Yes. <laughs> and that's not always the yes. case in foster care but- necessarily, but because you want them with you, you sometimes feel like we're the best place, but God knows. Yeah. Like, that God God's knows. plans are good. Yes. Yeah. And we can trust that. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, I think, uh, and I think it's important <laughs> that we say, just to be clear, that like biological family, as long as it's a safe place, is the best place yeah. for these kiddos. Yeah. I mean, it may be different financially. It may mm-hmm. be, it may look a yes. lot different from an opportunity standpoint, yes. but there's so much research to show that like, the emotional health of these kiddos is best with their family. Mm-hmm. And so if we can make that work, we want to make yeah. that work. And so as hard as it can be, and look, Casey and I contemplated and looked at getting an attorney for one of our placements that we didn't love the situation they were moving into. Yeah. Now, thankfully, that got resolved in the court and they went to the right place. Yeah. Um, and we didn't have to, but... Um, uh, you know, it is. I think it's important to be said that for these foster kiddos, the best situation yeah. is reunification with their family. Yeah, yeah. As hard as that can be for us, right? And we that can. can't always work it out. It can't. And when right. it can't, it's great that there's an alternative, exactly. and that's where we, you know, <clears throat> step into that gap. Yeah. Um, or where families who adopt step into a gap. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. so hugely important that we have that. But when we can, we yeah. want we want to hope for the rest. Yeah. Of the well, you want yeah. You want to cheer for. For them, and I think that with the kids, um, you know, that they they still like we decided to take a break for a little while, and they were just so disappointed. <laughs> and they they were like, "I'll help more, I'll do more," you know, Aww. all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, and I'm feel we feel confident about what God's asked us to do. But anyway, it, yeah. it's just they have a heart for it now, yeah. and. It's, I wouldn't change that for any of the pain we we went through. You know? I think one of the thing that they dealt with just on on a negative side that we we've told several families that have gone through this is like have this conversation beforehand um both of them elliot during our first placement and graham during our second or third um started kind of getting upset and being quiet and when we finally drilled into what was going on the question was well if these kids can be taken from their parents can i be taken from you right and so they thought that like at any point they Somebody could be taken from in. us. Yeah. And so yeah. we just, we had never thought to sit down and have the real conversation yeah. with them of like, hey, you know, we shield them a little bit. The story is the kid's story. So yeah. they don't need to know all the reasons yeah. that the kid's been removed and um, and all that. And so we shield them a little bit from those stories. And so at the same time, we should have been better about saying like, hey, this happens because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Right. And like, that's not something that your mom right. and dad have to deal with. Like yeah. you are safe you here to, and this is not yeah. going to happen to yeah. you or your friends, you know, yeah. that you're close with. Yeah. Um, so it's not something to worry about. Yeah, that's um, good. And mm-hmm. so we had to deal with that when it came up as opposed yeah. to ahead of time. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This may not be the most fun question, sure. but I just want to, how has it been challenging on your marriage or has it been? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we were kind of talking about this last night. I think well, the one thing we said is like, you know, you're going to have challenges in your marriage, like regardless of what yes, you ministry yes. you're doing or whatever. And so when you're knee deep in 
or neck deep. And um, this type of thing, when those challenges hit, it's like, oh, oh mercy. Because you don't really have time. Like, if you're needing to pro- – it's hard to process or whatever. I think that's where community comes in for yeah. sure. I think the one thing we talked about and that our agency made sure was what does your support group look like? And oh, yeah. being sure you have the support – that you need and um you know and we we thankfully had that and um but i think as far as specific to foster care we talked about um the you know the first one was a baby so there wasn't a lot of discipline involved it's like this Mm. was pretty much like okay we've done this before we can take care of a newborn besides not sleeping we don't do well (laughs) with the not sleeping (laughs) thing but you know that felt very uh, normal. Um, but when we got the six-year-old, um, I, I'm i a very empathetic person, which is good and bad. And so I, I just saw his situation the whole time. So when it was time to discipline or time to do something like that, it was so hard for me. And so we, John and I, butt heads a lot about discipline with that him and like um and you know like six-year-olds can be annoying and so like we we struggle with just like trying to connect and like you know I don't know and you you feel a little guilty because you're like gosh I'm supposed to connect to you but like it's hard for me um but I feel that about you know my bio kids sometimes so it's like um but I would let the guilt like really just sink in instead of uh lift it up but like we we're really butt heads about. Yeah, on the marriage front, I think, like, we, he would do things like, he specifically was troublesome when it came to discipline. And he would, I would say, like, can you please go brush your teeth? And he would say, no, thank you to me. <laughs> oh, um, oh, no. Very, very polite. polite. Um, <laughs> you know, and so I very much felt like he needed a lot more discipline than he had had. And yeah. was trying to provide that. And she was on the other end. So that, you know, there was... There's a big conflict over how yeah. do we discipline yeah. this specific child. And then it kind of branched out into all the discipline yeah. for all kids. But I would say overall, I would say much more than it caused division, it brought us together. We yeah. felt like very much on the same team. Yeah. Because we're serving together, doing something together, very specific. And yeah. it was hard. And yeah. we were on the same page. And so I think much more, uh, certainly there were times where it escalated our fighting, like yeah. unquestionably. But yeah. I think on a whole, it brought us a lot closer together. Yeah. I think one of the cool things, too, that we kind of realized earlier in our marriage, but like definitely through this, that John's like a first responder. So he like can handle the situation. If someone hurts himself or, you know, the day we got the phone call or the day the kid came, I was a little bit just like running around with my you know, chicken <laughs> with their head. Yeah, I was just like doing things that didn't make any sense, but yeah. it, I was doing a task. So, yes. And I was just like trying not to fall apart. Like when the phone would ring, my heart would just like jump. And so I was like, we had to change it. I'm like, you have to call John. Like, yeah. you can't call me anymore because I like just was not dealing with it well. And so he does all that, and then he needs to go fall apart or process or whatever. And then then at that point, I'm ready. Like, I'm like, okay, I can turn it on. But at first, I'm just, like, frozen or frenzied. And it really comes in handy when a kid vomits in a bed. Right? Like, I can handle it right that second, and then I've got to go step away. And and she can handle it. Like, I'm like, okay, kid, bathtub, sheets, (laughs) wash it. And now I need to go... 
go Take back, a minute. back to bed. <laughs> Have a second. Yeah. Isn't that sweet though? Like how God <laughs> brings marriages together. Yes. Yeah. Not just so we can enjoy each other like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sure, that's part of it. But yeah. really so that his purpose can be fulfilled on earth in a yes. better, deeper way. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's been it's been super helpful to have the way he built us and created us yeah. like together in yeah. the situation and just figuring figuring that out about each other. And so, yeah. yeah. Okay, how have you experienced Jesus through fostering? Well, one thing, as I kind of said before, he was like one step at a time, you know. Um, I mean, that was one of the biggest things that he walks with us each and every step. Mm. And I think for me, I always, and I still do it, I still, I do it today. Yeah. But um, worrying about getting it wrong or not listening well enough to yeah. him or yeah. like, I just, cause I've fretted forever about the timing of when mm-hmm. to even start this mm. and like stressed about it. And then, and then he told me that. And then whenever um, our first one left, it was fretting again about when do we do it? You know, what do I do? Does my family need a break? Do I need to, And I just would stress about it each and every time. And even about the decision to close for a little while, I'm like, it feels selfish, but, you know, I, I can't deny that God's like saying, it's okay, I need you to do this not right now for whatever reason. But just that He is going to, I think it's, I looked it up last night, I can't remember, I think it's like 1 Corinthians 14, but it's like, He's he's not a God of confusion, He's a God mm-hmm. of peace. Mm-hmm. And so why would I think that I have to figure it out like a puzzle? You know, it's not it's not something like that. Like, He is leading us, He is guiding us, and and so he's faith and the one the other verse that you know the one who calls you to it's faithful he yeah. will he will do it and yeah. so you know it, he's not Casey Rutledge is not doing anything to complete his plan like you know to or manage his plan he's doing it through right. me and so that right. I can just rest in his plan and know that like he's not you know, and, and if I'm being very selfish and I'm avoiding him, he's going to let me know that too, you yeah. know, like, cause he let me know before when I was like trying to push him off about getting started, he was yeah. very clear. And so I think that, and then, um, just control, I think, you know, especially again, even this past year, right. He's taught us so much that we have no control over yeah. our circumstances. Yeah. And I think that was it. I think there was times where I tried to manipulate and, um, manage the whole situation when the kids were in our care. And, you know, if a, a caseworker was saying this was going to be the decision, I would try to, you know, I don't know. I just felt like I was stri- struggling to control the situation and manipulate it. And I had zero power yes, yes. to do anything. Um, and here I was getting all worked up and stressed out for nothing. And so yeah. he's just really teaching me to trust him and that I actually don't want control. <laughs> like yeah. I don't want to be in control of these yeah. things. And I'm thankful that he yes. is. So for me, I mean, those are kind of, the it's interesting how we think we want control. We want, right. at least I'm in your boat of like, I want to know right. everything that's going to happen. Right. And I want, if, if we're meeting at 11, I want to meet at 11. Yeah. And I remember learning from you, like, like there was one day we were going to plan to get our boys together or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you were like, well, the, somebody was supposed to come sure. at 8 a.m. Yeah. They yeah. hadn't come yet. Yeah. It was like 1. Right. And you were like, so I don't know if they're going to come or not. And I thought, 
this would drive me crazy. Yeah. Like, I, it is. And yeah, and, and you're I, yeah. like, it just is what it is. Like, you were very at peace about it. Wow. Well, it must have been later in, in the, the journey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I just think we, we've mm. got to be people that follow Jesus and be like, you know what? It's okay. Right. But, and release the, right. the, the need to have everything so perfectly lined mm-hmm. up. And I think, too, even in that, like, he's going to lead you. If you need to set a boundary, he's going to lead you to set that boundary. Like, you know, there was a time where I needed to send, like, kind of this, I needed to tell this caseworker, like, hey, what you're doing is is inconsiderate of my feeling. You know, and I, that's so hard for me. I do yeah. not do yeah. things like that. I conflict. I hate it. But I was like, it had happened so often that I felt at one point in my, you know, my strongly worded text that was probably as Very flowery. nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, did you see what I said? He's like, okay. Um, but it's like, you know, that's okay sometimes too, you know, to set a boundary. Yes. It's not to lay over and just like let people run yes. over you. It's not that, but it is holding everything loosely. Yes. And, um, and when you need to advocate, like... He's right there with you, right, you know, and right. that that you can do that in a way that also still points back to him. Right. And so, because that was my fear. I was just like, here we've, they know we're Christians and they know all this and yeah. here I'm going to like lose it on them. And, um, but you know, again, it, uh, there's a balance somewhere in there and each personality is so different. But that for me was just, you know, I have to just release that control over yeah. him. It's good. I think I really... As I, as I look back, it's just I was kind of blown away by the way he puts the right people in the right place, right, mm, for us. Yeah. And so it's um, our neighbors across the street who um, taught me to, like, fight for these kids yeah. and for our kids. And, like, yeah. I don't think I'm, – I'm not – hate conflict, right? But, like, there was one point where one of our placements – needed to get into the, our school and they were trying to push him to another mm-hmm. elementary school. Oh, yeah. And we fought and we fought yeah. the principal and the principal went to battle for us and we, mm-hmm. we got we got this, the superintendent to override the rule and let him into that school, which yes. was the best thing for him. Yes. And, um, you know, and then we have others in our community group who uh, have encouraged us when things were hard, right? Yeah. And we needed somebody to come alongside yes. and give us strength and or to tell us like, hey, it's okay to take a break. I think one of the reasons that um, we started the break that we're on right now was because we were operating, we got to a place where we're just operating out of our own strength. Yeah. And like, we weren't relying on the Lord to give us the strength to keep going. Right. And it became a really, really hard process. Yeah. 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 And looking back, like class placement wasn't that hard, but she felt a lot harder because you were because we were carrying the weight ourselves and we weren't you know and so just the encouragement of like hey you guys it is time to take a break and it is time to like refocus a little bit on your relationship with the lord and get better there before so that you're serving out of the outpouring or overflow of love from him as opposed to just like out of what you've got yeah um we have all these different viewpoints around us and yeah. can draw on all of them and, mm-hmm. and use that support. Yeah. And, um, it just, we have felt very, when we didn't feel equipped, there was always somebody there who was. Yeah. Which has been yeah. really good. Well, in y'all's community, like that has been, God's been preparing that. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like we started fostering and now we have friends. Right. Like, right. Those, are, <laughs> those, those are things that God, people that God provided a long time ago. Yes. You know. That knew us well enough to say like, 
hey, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Y'all take a break. Yeah. Or y'all, yeah. yeah. And to know us, know us well enough to ask the right questions. Of, yeah. Well, why are you doing this or that? Or and whatever. to know that we could take a placement at 11 o'clock at night and at 8 a.m. in the morning have mm-hmm. diapers and formula yes. and car seats. And yes. Cribs and whatever else we needed yeah. sitting on our front porch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I wanted just the, the season of going, okay, we're going to pause mm-hmm. on, uh, on fostering for a little bit. Um, was that hard or like, yeah, I mean, it feels a little bit like you're giving up, giving up or like, you're not good enough. Like, I mean, that's the lies that like, they right. want you to believe. Right. It's like, right. you're not good enough to do this. Like. You know, you're just another you, you quitter. Failed. You failed. You know, yeah. like the statistics show that a lot of families stop completely after two years uh-huh. um, and don't ever jump back in. And so I think there's that fear that like, oh, we're taking a break, but is it really a break or are we, have we yeah. like quit? Yeah. Um, you know, we're going through a move process and stuff right now. So we yeah. have to, we have to relicense anyway with our new home, but um I think there's all those lies that kind of come along with it. And what we have to realize is like, no, we processed through prayer and through community and friends. Like this was the right time to take a break. Yeah. And we have to trust that when it's time and if it is, I mean, to be real honest, like there's obviously a chance that we don't do it again, have a child in our home. Yeah. I don't think that that means that we're not supporting families who foster foster kids. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. But there certainly is that chance. I think it's likely that we will again, but yeah, um, trust God with that journey. Yeah, we just have to trust Him with that, and know that He's put people around us who have called us out previously yeah. when it was time, yeah. and we needed to that they'll do it again yeah. when it's time. Yeah. Well, so. I I know like the Savior of the world when He was walking on Earth had to go say no to crowds and mm-hmm. no to people that needed Him. Yeah. So it's like. If point. Jesus had to <laughs> withdraw to yeah. a solitary place yeah. mm-hmm. and his disciples were like, where are you? There's mm-hmm. all these people that need you. Yeah. He's like, I-, I got different instructions right now, you yeah. know, <laughs> that we that, too can yes. also say no. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> and it doesn't mean we're, we're failures too. As soon as we had made that decision and like sent the email to our agency, then God had us process through two other situations that weren't involved in like, it wasn't like, like we didn't need an agency to process these decisions about potentially taking someone into our home. And yeah. I was like, wait, we just said no. <laughs> like, what are you asking? But I think he's like, I still want your heart to be open. I yeah. still want your home to be open. I still want you to have this attitude about you that you're willing to do whatever I ask. Mm. And so we processed it through it really well. And I think that was just a, another confirmation to me of like, I don't have to be with an agency to be involved Yeah, in mm-hmm. like God is going to put in our home who he wants yeah. in our home. Yes. I think that's the other thing too is like, we have to kind of take a step back from thinking that we have this control thing and that we're like making all these decisions. And it's like, if God wants it done, it's going to be done. Yeah. And, and you might think that, Oh wow. Like we made this decision. And he's like, Oh, okay. No, no I, actually, I did that. Yeah. 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 So he good. did that. Yes. And so I think that was really, again, neat for him to, yeah. to show us that he's like, I'm not done. Like with yeah. your, and we're involved in the ministry at our church and like, so, I mean, there's just all these different ways that the things that we've learned in the past few years from this specifically are going to, yeah. yeah, you know, have ripple effects. And we can, like, I think it's important to know that, like, uh, I think I said this already, but you can serve these kids 
without having them live in your house, hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. um, we can babysit for families. It's not easy to get a babysitter when you do foster right. care. That you have to have a licensed babysitter a lot of times, right? Um, and so, like, we are that, and so we can oh, yeah. we can babysit for these these families that need help, or we can, um, you know, we can do podcasts like this and talk yeah. about it, or we can, yeah, um, you know, our as Casey mentioned, we. At, at our church um, at City Bridge, we have a foster care and adoption class yeah. that's starting up here soon. Yeah. Um, and we can talk to families and tell them the same thing, right? You yeah. can adopt a kid in need. You can foster care a kid in need. Or here's a hundred other ways you can yeah. serve these families. We had community groups of the church who wanted to serve. And what they do is they put together – it's like an old, older couples. They put together uh, like – several weeks worth of frozen meals and deliver them to anybody oh, that, that has a foster so placement. Right. Yeah. And like, what a huge blessing yeah. that is to not have to cook when you have a placement for the first yes. few weeks. And so there just is all kinds of ways we can come around and show Christ to these kids. Yes. Yeah. So last question, if someone's listening, that is kind of like interested in this or they're, they're just like God's, Put it on their heart. What what would be your encouragement? I think we talked about um, a being sure you have support. Have, yeah. Like, don't get that in place first. Um, yeah. Step sure. step one step is having <laughs> folks around you that speak yeah. truth yeah. and yes. encourage and yes. love you and yes. hold your arms up. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I just think to just yeah, one day at a time. I think that's the thing of just. Because when you look at it as a whole and you're <laughs> got like, I always think about this, you like, you're going so far in the future, like God is there for sure, but that's your perceived future. It's not his. And so what yeah. you think might happen, like you have no idea what's yes. going to happen literally from day to day in general outside of foster care. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true in every situation. And so I think just being ready for that. Um and I know for me, the last place that we had, um, it, I had a really hard time connecting with her. And I think, like John said, because we were spent and we were in a hard place and we weren't, um, you know, whatever the situation was. But, like, that I was so worried that I was going to screw the whole thing up the whole time and because I was just struggling so much. And when I dropped her off at she had to go on an airplane. It was crazy. But anyway, when I dropped her off at the, air, at the airport and with the CPS worker to get on the plane and I drove home, I think God was just like, you showed up. Every day you showed Aww. up. You know, like it, you didn't love her the maybe the way you wanted yeah. to or that you felt. She had no idea. She felt loved. She felt safe. You did what I asked yes. you to do. So just remember, too, that God is not condemning you for not getting it right every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that He is going to walk with you through that journey. He's going to give you what you need to do each and every day, yeah. even when you think you have just you know, the whole day is just a wash because, or whatever you might think, but just that he is so good and he's going to bring you through it. That doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't right. mean it's flowers and rainbows because it's not, but life is not. Yeah. And um, just to kind of be, just to be patient with that process. And I think one of the coolest things um, we follow the first kiddo that we had where I'm friends with her mom on Facebook mm-hmm. and I get to see pictures and we've got to visit her once. And, um, you know, I, I get to see <laughs> that she's living a, this mm-hmm. sweet life and is so loved. She's loved by us. She's loved by her birth mom. She's loved by this family. Like, and then, um, 
a couple of days ago, we the little girl that we had for six months, um, our last placement, her she was reunited with her grandparents. And it was the sweetest mm-hmm. thing whenever she, the CPS worker video their reunion last year and uh we were just a mess and then they facetimed us and he's just like thank you i mean he's just like bawling and we're bawling and he's thank you so much and all this stuff and then he called me on the year anniversary Mm. and uh, i can't look at you ivy um (laughs) he called me out of the blue and i was just like and i hadn't talked to him and um, he just, again, was like, it's been a year that we've had her back with us. And just, again, going through all the thank yous and I can never repay you. And there's all these things. And I just told him, I was like, you know, this is you calling me and just hearing your voice and hearing that she's okay. I was like, that is, it's just so worth it. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. hard, but it is so worth it. I specifically remember the day their family said bye to their first placement. And the sadness their son felt. The sadness they all felt. But I specifically remember their son. Because he was the same age as my son. And I thought, man, he's going through a lot of pain. Like, this is really hard. And I remember this thought kind of crossing my brain. Like, is that okay? Like, is is that pain worth it? And I appreciate in this episode, you know, John and Casey are really real about this journey just not being easy, but they're also real about this journey being very, very good and very worth it. I mean, how can something be so difficult and painful, but very, very good? I mean, even their children, after tearfully enduring this pain of the goodbye, were ready to jump in and do it all over again. Well, the reason why Elliot and Graham wanted to do that again, now, I don't know that they could articulate this, but they got a glimpse of what it's like to live like Jesus. Now, keep in mind, Jesus, the Savior of the world, chose to endure heartache, pain, and suffering in order to love. And remember, he knows everything. Like When he stepped into this world, he knew what he was saying yes to. And when we live in this world with a heart to love, despite whatever pain or heartache or suffering it may cause, we are living like Jesus. From an outside perspective, it looks absolutely crazy. Like, you mean you are saying yes to something that is going to cost you a lot of suffering, a lot of time, a lot of heartache, a lot of inconvenience. Like you are saying yes to this. But John, Casey, Graham, and Elliot are like, yeah, we, we are willing to do that. Because what happens is you experience living like Jesus. You experience living like him and with him. And you realize there is nothing more fulfilling in this life than that. And it's worth it. Now, if you have listened to this and you are like compelled towards foster care or or exploring this and are like I just I want more information John and Casey are the greatest people to talk to so their email is in the show notes and so send them an email and they would love talking with you the other thing I wanted to tell you about is if you're kind of like I just want more information or I'm just interested and you live in the Dallas area there is a class that's happening 
And there will be a link to the details of that class in the show notes. So check that out as well. And if you are compelled, but you don't live in the Dallas area, there are classes, courses, that kind of thing. I'm sure in your area, and you can probably Google search it and find it. If you're having a hard time, John and Casey were like, Hey, be sure and tell, tell people that they can reach out to us and we will help them. So for real, email them. They would be more, more than happy to connect with you and help you find, you know, your next step in this journey. I hope you found something that you can relate to from today's conversation. And thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or just want more tips for parents, let me know at ilasseter at fbrichardson.org. I'd love to talk with you. See you next time on the Four Parents Podcast.